Good morning. Can you believe it's September already? <laughs> it is September. September 1st. So welcome to the first Sunday of September. We are just continuing to go through this year and we are continuing to go through this book of Luke. Now this whole year we have been uh, just you know, going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and, and, and we're you know we're right now in Luke 14. Today we'll start off 14, 1 through 24. But just as a reminder, or if you're just dropping in today, this book, this gospel, Luke, is written by Doctor Luke. He's a physician, and he's writing to his friend Theophilus. Now he's trying to tell Theophilus everything about Jesus, about what his life was like, about the way that he interacted with different people, and, you know, just all these things about Jesus. And as we continue to, to look in the Gospel of Luke, recently we've been seeing some different themes come out, right? Recently we've been seeing as Jesus has been interacting with people, he's been interacting with these Pharisees, with these religious leaders, and one of the things that, that he has really been doing lately as we've been studying is he's been challenging the people that were in charge. He's been challenging the customs that have been in place. And he's been challenging, you know, what is the heart of each person? Now, one of these groups, these groups of, of leaders at the time was the Pharisees. And this is a, a group of, of men that, they were these guys that were held high in the communities. They were awesome at obeying, at keeping all the rules. And because of that, people looked up to them and thought, man, these guys are amazing. They're holy and righteous people, and we want to be like them, right? Now, Jesus, he was a master at reading people. When most people, when we see each other, right, we're looking at, you know, what is this person uh, wearing, you know, do they have, you know, maybe it's, a, do they have a lot of nice jewelry, a lot of makeup, or they're pretty uh, just uh, low-key, do they have like a, a nice watch, do they have nothing, do they have, you know, what are we looking at them and we're thinking, okay, what type of person is this, right? If we sit down and we watch them, we're watching, you know, are they a quiet person, are they a loud person, are they someone that is an outspoken leader, or are they just kind of sitting back and relaxing? We're making these observations. We're watching people externally. But you'll notice that Jesus, he's not looking at those things. He sees right through it all, and he's looking right at the people's hearts. And today, it's, it's my hope that as we look at the Scripture and we see how he is getting right to the core of, of each person you know, in this Scripture, he wants to do the same with us, and he wants to challenge us and, and, and help us to look at ourselves and see, you know, what is our motivation? Are we just looking out for ourselves? Are we thinking, you know, what's in it for me? Every time we come in contact with a person, are we thinking, you know, what's in it for me? Does this person have something to offer to me, or do they not? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning that we can freely gather and worship in your name, that we can celebrate, um, we can take communion together. Lord, I thank you for these freedoms. 
we remember our brothers and sisters all, all over the world that are unable to do these things that, that we do every week, Lord. We pray that you would encourage them, that you would give them strength and, and fill their hearts with peace as, as they worship you, uh, sometimes in secret, as they follow you, sometimes, um, you know, in secret. And yet you've called each of us, every one of us, you've called us to follow after you. So, Lord, as we open up your word, we ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to, to each of us, that you would um, reveal the things that need revealing, that you would convict us where we need conviction, that you would inspire us and renew us and refresh us and, and excite us about the things in the scripture that you want us to really hold on to this morning. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know how your weekend has been so far. Uh, my, my weekend has been a little bit challenging. Uh, you know, yesterday I had uh, the blessing of, of playing golf with three other pastors and friends. And, uh, you know, golf is one of those games that it's, it's great because you, you get outside, you get to talk to whoever you're with, but you're also constantly humbled and, and reminded that, you know, as soon as you think you did something good, then the next shot is, is something <laughs> like, oh, man, you know. Uh, so it's a great game uh, for pastors, I think. Uh, Pastor, was it Pastor Carl was, was joking. He said um, that somebody had said, hey, the golf course is the only place where God doesn't answer his prayers. Um, <laughs> I, I can uh, attest to that one as well. But, uh, you know, it was a great day and um, a full day, a long day in the heat. And after we were done uh, playing, then... Um, you know, I went home, kind of cleaned up, and, and as you, maybe you know, my, my mom is here visiting from Japan, and so we, we went to dinner uh, and, uh, you know, had a great dinner, but it's like one of those experiences where we, we knew the waitress was maybe not all there. She, she wasn't exactly on top of things. We got our food in time, uh, just in the nick of time, because Kai was very hangry. He was getting upset that... There was uh, no free bread coming out. Uh, we were at CPK, and, and he was like, where's the bread? And he started, like, hitting himself on the head. We're like, hey, <laughs> calm down, you know. Um, but just in time, you know, he got the bread, and, and we got our food pretty shortly after that. And, and then what happened is, like, after we were done eating, we're just, okay, we're done eating. We're waiting. Where, where, where is this waitress? And we're done. Where's the, you know, let's get the bill. Let's get going. And just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally she comes. And then we put our payment in there. And we're, we need to wait for change, unfortunately. So then we're waiting again. I mean, literally, I waited like maybe 15 minutes for her to come back with a change. And we're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is crazy, right? And then so after that, I, I you know, we're like, oh, man, this, is, this has been a long time. And, and, of course, you know, I'm inside sitting at the booth waiting for her to come back. And my family is outside looking in the window, making faces and doing it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, stop, you know. But anyways, anyways, uh, after that, we, we had the joy of, uh, you know, we are, were in need of a, a more um, fuel-efficient vehicle. So um, we went to the car dealership, and 
it was just, you know, one thing after another kind of like, uh, you know, when you go to the dealership, it's not one of my favorite things to do. Um, but, you know, I had looked online at the inventory. There was a specific car I was looking for, and the price was right. Everything was right, and we are looking for a, a used car, and, and everything matched up, and we were looking. We couldn't find it, and the salesman's like, hey, hey, buy a hydrogen car. We're like, no, no, we're not here for hydrogen. He's like, I have it. It's a good car. Come on, buy a hydrogen car. We're like, no, no, no. Finally, you know, I showed him, you know what? Look, dude, I'm looking for this car. And, and he says, oh, okay, what's the number? And then, and then the picture is like a gray. It's like a dark gray. We're like, okay, that looks nice. And, and so he's looking for it, and he comes over, and he comes to this white car. And we're like, oh, okay, that's different. And he's like, oh, that's just a generic photo. Like, that's, you know. So we're like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but we looked at it, and we're like, oh, actually, we like the white one better. So uh, we're checking it out, and everything looked good. And, and so we begin the process of, of negotiating and trying to get everything right. And so this, the salesman's fine, but then the sales manager comes with the paper and he sits down and, hey guys, how's it going? And, uh, and already I'm kind of skeptical, like, man, this guy's just trying to push something on me, right? So I'm thinking, he's just motivated, he's just trying to pull a fast one on us, right? And, and so sure enough, I'm looking at the breakdown, I'm like, why is it so much? You know, it's like, uh, like 25% more than what it should be. And I'm looking, at why? And he's just added on all these other things. I'm like, hey, man, this is a lot because you added, like, all these thousands of different things, you know? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you could take that off. No problem, no problem. No. And I'm like, yeah, take it off, you know? And he's like, hey, no problem, but I recommend it. Like, here's why. And I'm like, no, I don't want it. Take it off, you know? And I started getting upset. Like, it's already tired. I'm just, like, getting like, oh, my gosh, dude. Finally, over three hours later, you know, the dealership closed at 9. We went in there at 8. I didn't get out till like, 11.30 or something. Uh, poor kids are, like, in the waiting room just, like, dying on the couch, you know. Finally, we got done, right? But the thing was, like, in that interaction, you know, it reminded me of this because I was just thinking, like, I am, am thinking about, like, what is each person's motivation? And that motivation has been reinforced because when I say, like, hey, I, don't, I didn't ask for these things, you know, it's like this, oh, you saw that. Okay, well, let me explain it, you know. And then, and, and then, you know, it just doesn't add up. I mean, the things you were saying, I was like, do you hear what's coming out of your mouth? It does not make sense, right? But that really struck me. It was like, what is this guy's motivation? Does he care about me? Is he just trying to make a sale? Is he trying to trick me? Is he trying to just get, you know, his own way? Now, Jesus, he is examining the Pharisees. Like I mentioned, a lot of people are just making judgments. So where are you in your status? Where are you in the society? You know, but he's looking at, like, what is your heart? And he comes to these Pharisees, and he notices that in these Pharisees, they are constantly thinking about themselves. They're just thinking, you know, what is it? What's in it for me? You know, that's what the Pharisees are thinking. What's in it for me? And, and we will see how that selfishness, that self-serving motivation really comes out. So in today's passage, Jesus is uh, interacting with a prominent Pharisee. Uh, and he's someone who's important, like we mentioned. He's a powerful man, even among the other Pharisees. And he is invited to have dinner at this man's house. In that time, the normal thing was to have a breakfast, light breakfast, and then a heavy dinner. 
Um, they usually didn't have lunch. Uh, if they did, it would be something small like at, at their workplace. But usually it was an emphasis on a small breakfast and then a big heavy dinner after work was done. And in this dinner, if you had like this, this like we see Jesus where someone is invited to dinner at someone's house, then it was a place where they would sit around the table, or kind of lean around the table, and it was kind of open. And so people from the outside that weren't invited, they would still be able to kind of come on the outside and, and listen and watch, and they would see who's having dinner together, and they would be able to hear, you know, what are they talking about? What's going on? And so it was a, a kind of public spectacle. Now, in this particular story, we get to see uh, you know, Jesus, he, he tells stories. He, he tells things uh, or, or lessons. His lessons he gives in parables or they're these illustrations, these examples. They're made-up stories that he uses to get his point across. And every time that you see a parable in the Bible, I encourage you to stop and look right before that parable. Think about, you know, who is this being told to? Where is it being told? Like, what is the setting? Who's there? And what is the point that Jesus is trying to get across? Or what is the point of this? Now, I hope that um, this comes out okay. You can go to the first scripture slide. Um, okay, so if you have like one of those red letter Bibles, like a physical Bible, then a lot of times Jesus, uh, all the words of Jesus are in red. And that works out pretty good for us today. So, um, you know, I've kind of used that in, in our slides today. So Luke 14, starting with verse 1, you can follow along with me. It says, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched, or he was being carefully watched, and there in front of him was a man suffering with abnormal swelling of his body. Some of your versions may say a man suffering from dropsy, which is this condition. Remember, this is Dr. Luke. He's describing these things. Jesus asked the Pharisee and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Now many people think like this was a trap. This was a setup. That Jesus was invited to dinner at this man's house where people were going to be around, able to see, able to listen in on the, con the conversation. And for whatever reason, at this important dinner where Jesus is sat across from him, is a man with a very visible physical ailment. He was swollen up, and, and you know anybody could see, like, wow, there's something going on with this guy. Like, he needs some help, right? And there was this huge debate, because on the Sabbath, on their day of rest, this holy day, you were not supposed to do any work. Okay? You're not supposed to do any work. You're supposed to rest. Sounds good, right? Well, they had made all these definitions of, well, what is work, right? And among those things, somehow it became, uh, you know, put into rules, the, their, their laws, that, that, hey, healing somebody, you know, spiritually praying and healing somebody is work. So you can't do that. And so Jesus, he knows right away, and he's like, wow, this is great. You, you invited me to dinner. You sat me down. And right across from me is this man with this very clear physical ailment. And so he asked him, okay, I see what you're trying to do. 
Let me ask you guys a question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? For whatever reason, they just are silent. They're like, mm, why don't you, you know, let's see what happens. And Jesus is like, man, forget this. This is dumb. So he just, all right, he heals the man, and the man goes away, right? He didn't even stay for dinner. He's just like, I'm healed. All right, I'm, I'm gone, right? So even more, it makes me think, yeah, this was definitely a setup because it wasn't like, hey, this is our friend. He's got a problem. It's like, no, hey, bring that guy over here and see what Jesus does, right? <laughs> but remember, Jesus is a master at reading people's hearts, right? Verse 5, it says, Then he asked them, If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. Now, some, some translations don't say child um, because the, the word for, for child and the word for donkey is very similar. And uh, so <laughs> some think that, well, maybe, you know, I don't know what happened in the old text, but... but the point is, uh, whether it's a child or an animal, uh, most, more scholars think it's just talking about animals. He's saying, look, you guys, if someone that belongs to you, like your animal, is just going around, I don't know what's wrong with your animal. He falls in a well. Are you just going to be like, yeah, that's too bad. It's the Sabbath. Go ahead and drown, right? Too bad. I'll come back tomorrow. No, you're going to say, oh, no, my, my donkey fell down or my ox fell down. I'm going to get it out. It's valuable to me, right? And so Jesus just puts it out there in front of everybody. He's like, you guys, if this happened, what would you do? You know you would save that animal. So are you telling me you care more about your animals than you do this person? Verse 6, you see, it's just silence. They had nothing to say, right? They were just, whoa, he got us, right? He brings their motivation to light. He exposes what their heart is like. Now Jesus continues to observe the people. He continues to watch them and, and to read their hearts. In verse 7, it says, When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. So, remember I explained, you have a table, they have a meal, and, and you know, some of you have seen the, the famous picture of the Last Supper, and Jesus is in the middle, and then you have people on, on his different sides going out. Well, it was kind of like that. Usually the host was the person that was the most important. They would be at the center, and then people would be around them, either by age and importance. Uh, if you read the story of of Joseph in the Old Testament. When, when Joseph brings his brothers, he recognizes them. They don't know that, hey, that's our brother Joseph because he's all in his Egyptian you know, gear and everything. He seats them in order of their age. And they actually comment. They're like, oh, that's weird. How did he know, you know our, our order? But the, they're seated in a specific way to show their importance, right? So he's noticing how the guests pick their places. Like, where are they sitting down at the table? And he says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, so this is a, a big feast, it's a, it's a great public event, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, hey, give this person your seat. 
then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place because all the other places would have been taken up, right? But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so he's been watching these people and how they've been just kind of taking their, they're kind of maybe fighting for, hey, what's the best positions, the best seats, right? And he tells them this example that, hey, think about this. If you think, hey, I'm, I'm up here and you sit down like in the middle next to the host, well, when the host comes to sit down, he's going to like look at his other friend across and say, hey, 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 you come over here. What, what are you doing here? Move over, right? And then everyone's going to say, oh, you're not important. Or, oh, you, you thought you were more important, but you're not, right? He's saying, again, don't just think about yourself. Don't assume, hey, everything's about me, that I'm the most important. Humble yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be humbled. And I mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, we got to, to go uh, play golf, and it was uh, over four hours in the uh, warm sun. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, I didn't bring a hat, and um, I had an interesting tan. Uh, yesterday, my face was like kind of red like a tomato by the end of the day. But anyways, after the round, you know, I, I think maybe just the people that I tend to hang out with are, are not as as uh, nice or, or uh, maybe proper as this group that I was with because uh, we stopped for, uh, you know, after to get some drinks and nachos, some refreshments and kind of hang out afterwards. And I was like dying of thirst. I drank up like all the drinks that I had with me and I was so thirsty. And so we all ordered, hey, you know, I get a Coke, a Diet Coke, water, you know, whatever it was. And, and my drink came in one of the beginning. And I was like, oh, man, thank you. I started drinking it. I was like, oh, man, this is good, right? Put it down. And then I look around, and we're waiting. And, and, uh, and actually, um, the, the drink that, that um, Toby's father ordered, they didn't have it, like, at that location. They had to, like, go to another part of the, the place to get it. So, so we kept on, like, hey, where's this last drink we ordered? And they're like, oh, it's on the other side. So it took a long time. So anyways, I, we're just waiting. I was like, man thirsty it's th- you know and then i stopped and i noticed hey nobody else has touched their drink like everyone else's drink is full right and and so i was like oh no right so so i don't he probably i don't know if he, he probably didn't notice it but i you know so i'm sitting now i grab my drink and you know i cover the top of the cup i had the holder there and i just hold it just holding it like yeah and then so then finally the drink comes like 20 minutes later, and then we're like, all right. And everyone's like, hey, cheers, cheers. And I'm like, holding, hey, how's it going? And then I'm waiting, and okay, right? But I just thought, man, I usually don't have that kind of thought process. Like, I'm not like, oh, let's wait till everyone gets their food to eat, or let's wait till everyone gets drinking. I'm like, hey, there's mine. I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty, man. Let's, you know. Um, <laughs> so... Jesus is telling them, don't just think about yourself. Think about the people that are around you. Think about, you know, what are they going through? Think about what are, you know, where are you amongst everyone else? And, and come out and be humble. Now, verse 12. Verse 12, it says, Then Jesus said to his host, 
when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, don't get this wrong. Jesus is not saying, hey, guys, whenever you think about, hey, I'm going to have a dinner or I'm going to have a banquet, don't invite your family. (laughs) Don't invite any of your friends. Just invite random people. You know, he's not saying, hey, it's bad to have family dinner or something like that, right? But in this situation, he's trying to teach them. He's saying, look at, look at what your motivation is. Everything is selfishness. Everything is, what do I get out of it? And if you invite someone, then they're going to feel obligated. Oh, I got to invite them back, right? It's like Christmas time. You, you know, sometimes you're like waiting like, hey, is Toby going to give me a present? You know, is he going to give me? Okay, he is. I got to get him one, right? Or, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're waiting, you're, you're thinking. And he's saying, no. You want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? Give to people that can't give back to you. Serve people that can't serve you. Then you'll be blessed. You may not receive a reward here on earth, but you're going to be sure of it. You're going to receive your payment. You're going to receive your reward at the resurrection. You know, when, when you go to heaven, you're going to receive that crown. You're going to receive that reward, right? And didn't Jesus model this for us? I mean, didn't he give everything to us who could never repay him? Who could never earn it? Who could never do anything in this life or the next that would meet how much he gave for us, that he died for us, that we would be saved? Now, that's why we get to take communion today we remember how he led with example, that he led by saying, look, I'm going to love you even though you don't even love me. Even some of you are my enemies. I'm going to pour out my life for you. And then in closing, in closing in this encounter, Jesus, uh, he starts to wrap up his discussion and he says, you know what? He's going to talk about the kingdom of God. He's going to tell them this sad reality, right? And when he's telling the host, hey, you should do this, bless people. You know, people that were there, they're like, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds good, right? One guy, in fact, one guy in verse 15, it says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. It's like he said, amen, Jesus. You're the man. That's awesome. I love that. Give to people who can't give back to you. That's great. And Jesus is like, okay, yeah, that is great. Verse 16, he says, let me tell you something else. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Because the custom was, first you send out the invitation, hey, you guys are invited to dinner. It's at 7 p.m., on Sunday night. Then maybe at 6.30, the food's ready. Then they will go out again and tell everyone that was invited, hey, come on over, it's ready. Let's eat, right? 
Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Every person had a different excuse. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Okay. Another says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought, uh, or sorry, I lost my place. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. He might have an excuse because his wife probably said, no, you're not going to dinner. But I'm just kidding. He, he says, hey, I just got married. I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry. He ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. And so he gives them this harsh reality. These people that are full of themselves, that are 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 living this entitlement of, hey, we are, are, are God's chosen people, that, you know what, we're all good. We follow all the rules. We're in. We're in. You know, of course we're going to heaven, right? And Jesus gives them this, this harsh reality that, you know what, you were the first to be invited. You were all invited into the kingdom. And yet you've all been distracted. You've been preoccupied. You've been just... Putting God off. You've been saying, no, God, I, I, you know what? I have more important things to do. It's my business. Maybe it's my relationship. Maybe it's, you know, whatever my, you know, is holding my heart. You know, this oxen or this field or. You say, no, no, I, I can't come. I got more important things to do. And so Jesus says, well, the invitation is going out to everyone. Right. It's going out to you, to me. It's going out to everyone. In fact, go to the places where, you know, the, the country roads, these fields where, the, where people that maybe weren't even like what we think of as nice people. It's like go into those dark alleys. Go into those crack houses. Go into those places where maybe we just think, hey, there's nothing good there. Invite those people too. And so Jesus gives us reality that, you know what, everyone is invited into the kingdom, yet not one of you here that was invited first is going to be there because you've rejected me. All right, let's, in closing, let's look at the weekly challenge. You guys are always welcome to take a, a picture of this, or um, I'll send it out to you on, on uh, Monday or Tuesday if you're on our email. Um, read Luke 14, 1 through 24. I encourage you to consider how this relates to your life. You know, sometimes we just read something and just say, you know, pray about God. How does this relate to me? Where do I see myself in this portion of Scripture? Grow. Pray and ask yourself, you know what? If Jesus, this master of observation, if he was observing my life, what motivations would he find in me? You know, and maybe you begin to think about different relationships you have or different places. Maybe it's the workplace. Maybe it's your school. Maybe it's in your family. Look at those different areas of your life and think about, you know, if Jesus observed my life, what motivations would he find in me? And overflow. Do something for someone who doesn't deserve it, right? 
someone that doesn't deserve it. Show an act of kindness without expectation of being repaid. You know, maybe it's an easy one, like you're, you go to a coffee shop and you're like, hey, I, I got this person behind me. Or, or you know, maybe you're, you're giving to someone who's asking for, you know, hand up. Whatever it is, maybe you're giving someone a ride. Um, you think about the thing, but do something for someone who doesn't deserve it or who can't uh, repay you. Show them an act of kindness. And then pray that you would always be considerate of others. That's what God has called us to do, to, to be a light, to be love, his ambassadors in the world, right? To show people love. So, so let's put that in the front of our minds this week, that as we have read this passage, we have seen you know, how these people were motivated, and we can easily be in that same boat. We can easily be uh, motivated by the same things that, that, hey, God has called us to, to really show his love in the way that we live and act, right? Uh, let's, let's, let me pray, and then I'll hand it over uh, to Pastor Toby for communion. Lord, I, I thank you for today again and just uh, your, your word um, as you've called us to, to love others and um, to show just, uh, to show, you know, kindness and mercy and, and uh, love to people that don't expect it, to people that don't deserve it, to people that are not expecting anything from anyone, Lord, that we have that ability, that blessing, that you have given us resources, finances, time that we can give to others and show them how much you care for them. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be people that um, really carry your love everywhere we go. And we thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.